Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. Freddie Woff. Kickstart for you for the 18th of December. Ooh. The days are ticking. Tick, tick, ticking. I know, right? Boy. So we've been we've been dropping some um some fun episodes with the uh, uh, fail franchises. Last week we dropped Green Lantern for you all. Green Lantern. Uh, with Ryan Reynolds. You know what? Green Lantern is better than the Green Hornet. You know, I didn't see more than like the opening credits. Well, I'm Green just going to tell so. you. <laughs> Green Lantern is better than the Green Hornet. Okay. I go. I, I trust you. No, I'm just saying, like, from a guy who hadn't seen either one of them until in the last two weeks, I would rather somehow, yeah, yeah, it's just better. Like, it was more entertaining. The Green Hornet <laughs> was a miss for me. <laughs> but we're not talking about the Green Hornet. No. And that's not what our episode is this week. No. It, it's, it's, we, that, movie, that episode is about the Green Lantern, and, and this is Kickstart, so we're, we're just like, just check it out. It's there <laughs> for you yeah, to man. peruse. Give it a spin. Give it a give it a spin. Give it a spin and see if it doesn't need an Aerosmith song at the end. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny you say that. We were coming back from from Vegas, and I, I my playlist was kind of like boring me, so I said, "Hey Siri," or not Siri, but yeah, I was Siri technically because it was Apple Music. I said, "You know, give me a, a, a oh shit, hold on, my Siri on my phone decided to light up just as I said it out loud." All right. Um, so I was thinking to play, play me some 90s, you know, some 90s music. So it does that. And then it actually played, uh, don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> I know. It's so perfect. Joey's in the backseat goes, what song is this? I go, I know it's Aerosmith. I go, oh, it's a song from Armageddon. Smash cut to the fucking phone hitting the fucking freeway. <laughs> and your window rolling up. <laughs> so Joey's like, I haven't seen that yet. I'm like, we'll, we'll watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, we can't watch it, Joey, until they take this song out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just mute it. Good Lord. Oh, man. I wish there was a way we could do that. You know, if you can have a, a mix, like to be able, the ability to just pull down those tracks. Like if I don't want to hear music, just pull that down. I don't want to hear that. You know? Uh, yeah, man. It's funny. God, dude, I've only seen Armageddon once. I worked on it, which is crazy. Cause I, but I, the only time I've ever seen it was back when, uh, when I first got into the union, well, not first got in, but you know, they used to do things. They would have like, they would screen movies. Like there'd be like a night you go and we, I think we went to Disney. I think we went to Disney and you know, it was crew people and everybody, you know, it was the Friday night movie and they would, right. and we, that's the last time I saw Armageddon. I haven't seen it. Since 1990, when is that? Is that 97? Uh, 98? Something. 99? I don't remember. Same year as, uh, same year as uh, Deep Impact, so it must have been 98, right? Oh, wait. Hold on. If it was the same year, mm, it might be 97, dude. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it is 97, but uh, I don't know. Because it was playing when we were um, 98. It was 98. Armageddon. Yeah, it's not, Armageddon's 98. Summer uh, so, of 98. Oh, you know what? So it must be 97 for the Volcano movies. That's what it was. Yes. Which That's I worked on. I worked on one of those too, but not so, Volcano. Yeah, Dante's Peak and Volcano were both 97. Yes. And then Armageddon uh, and Deep Impact were 98. 
Correct. Yeah, that's I don't it. know which one. I don't know which one is better, Deep Impact or uh, Armageddon. I don't remember either one of them, other than that Aerosmith song. I, well, I just remember like Ben Affleck professing his love for Bruce Willis when he's. <laughs> I remember there's a car commercial in the in the middle of. Oh Armageddon. my god, it's right. I forget all right? about that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it's a it's a movie I've always meant to go back and watch again. Was Armageddon because, dude, I, so many quotable moments, and I know people who quote it all the time, and I'm like, damn it, and it sounds good in theory. <laughs> now Armageddon is Armageddon. No, Armageddon and The Rock both are the, those are the only two Michael Bay movies that hit Criterion, right? Yes, yeah. I love The Rock, dude. I was just thinking about why you know yeah. one of these days we we have to cover The Rock. Yeah. I don't know, man. We talked about it a lot when we did come here. <laughs> yeah, but, but that we was didn't. old format, though, too. So. That was the old format when we just talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> 95, 105 minute extravaganzas. Shit. Yes, the episode's longer than the movie. <laughs> no, I remember that. I remember when the, I think, not The Rock, but the Armageddon one, I believe, was all CAV on Laserdisc when it came out. So I hit laser before the Criterion DVD, and it was a that was a big deal. Yeah, I think I have the I know I have the Criterion uh, DVD of The Rock. I don't. I've never. I haven't upgraded. <laughs> Is there really an upgrade though? You mean upgrade to the from the uh, from the yeah. DVD to the Blu-ray? On the, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I it doesn't. I don't know that it's. Uh, I don't think it's been remastered or anything no, fancy no, done to it. I don't even it. think there's a Blu-ray for it. I don't think there is a Blu-ray. Side. You're right. I think yeah. you're right. There isn't one. That's why I yeah. haven't upgraded. <laughs> it's, and it's an out-of-print DVD. Yeah. Wow. Anybody want to buy it? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> it's not as much as you think it would be, though. No, because they do. They put, I mean, there were 50 zillion of them. I remember, like, everybody I knew. I mean, I remember all the people I was working with, everybody, because everybody was still buying DVDs. It was like a thing. Like, every Tuesday, people would run to the studio store wherever we were working and come out with an arm, flow, arm load of DVDs. But I, I know everybody I know bought The Rock. Right. Because there's a non criterion version, too, right? There's just the. Uh, right. Well, yeah, because there's also a non criterion obviously a Blu-ray. So I mean, that exists. Yeah, no, but I wouldn't buy that. I would, I, you know, the, all the, there's a lot of great extras on that, uh, that DVD. I mean, I still have oh, all yeah. my criterion DVDs. I didn't get rid of them. Even, even the ones I've upgraded, I haven't gotten rid of. Like I still have RoboCop. I still, that, that was the best. Cause that was the first time we got to see all those cut scenes, the extended yeah. death scene, at the beginning. Silence of the Lambos. I still have that. Lambs. Brand new, still sealed. Rock DVDs on Criterion are twenty five and thirty dollars. Was the last two that sold uh, on eBay. So they're, I mean, that's not much more than than retail when you got a sale price, and it listed for forty bucks. So it wasn't like it was super cheap. So yeah, no, it was. It was. I remember it was. It was pricey when it came out. Well, yeah, and that was always the price because that was a hundred dollar um, laser disc too, because of all the extra. I think it was a four disc, wasn't the laser because of the CAV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all CAV. It was mostly CAV. Like the like the first, I think the first half of the you know the first hour was on. A standard. I know that it's it's at least three discs. Yeah, I, w- I want to say because I know that that and probably Wild at Heart are the two that I own that are three discs and maybe maybe Pulp Fiction. Okay, so I gotta say this: so you didn't you, you gave me a great leader here. 
So we, as we mentioned last week, we were going to take Joey to go see the U2 Octung Baby anniversary show at the Sphere in yes. Vegas. And we went and it was fucking ridiculous. And it was just top notch Vegas glamour and just light show. It was fucking amazing. The screens were incredible. Anyway, Bono's always expressed a very grandiose fondness for Elvis Presley. So when he, um, so lots of the the graphics and stuff that are on display behind them were, were, um, was he dressed like the 68 comeback special? <laughs> no, but it was really dope. This is so fucking cool. There was this video collage that was growing behind him when they, I forgot what song they were singing and it's growing and it, pretty much any movie that you know that took place in Las Vegas is represented up there or Elvis. It was either Las Vegas or Elvis. There was, you could see showgirl shit. You could see like Elizabeth Berkeley, like doing that pumping thing when she's working out, when she's lying, <laughs> when she's pumping her hips, that they have that. But anyway, the reason why I was kind of getting what there's just, I mean, pretty much any movie you can think of smack dab in the middle is Nick Cage and Laura Dern from wild at heart. And it's just, it's so fucking rag. This dead center. He's wearing the gold jacket and everything. It's so fucking cool, dude. I was just blown away where you could literally pick out any movie. Like, oh, there's that movie or that movie. We were just, everybody, the whole crowd was like constantly pointing, like looking at the screen and behind them and pointing and stuff. But yeah, Wild at Heart was like, was right there. It was so current too, because they had Boz Lerman's Elvis represent, represented up there too. It was fucking cool, man. Honeymoon in Vegas? Skydiving chapter 77. Honeymoon in Vegas was there too. Nick Cage was up there like four times, dude. He, he was up there four times because Con Air was up there. Um, what else was up there? there was, I mean, he was up there like four or five times. Well, however many times. Leaving Las Vegas. I don't know if any, I don't know if leaving was there. <laughs> but How about Looney Tunes back in action? Did they have any of that in there? That was, there was some, we shot there. That was Las Vegas. There's so much color and vibrance just being shot at your eyeballs in that moment it's it's kind of hard to gather it all because it's not all there at once it kind of like it says gradually coming towards the audience and, and it gets larger as the song progresses but when it gets to the one the the, the finish the last course the song is leading now is when you can just see everything that fills the whole arena it was fucking rad the whole show was so good though but that, i thought that was a great lots of homages to um to to Vegas in there, and when they got to, I'm blanking on songs. It was so immersive. So I like yeah, I'm already forgetting all these little specific songs. But I can tell you about this. This is kind of to the point of how visual the whole thing was of seeing at the Sphere. But there was one moment where the entire screen behind them um, was showing Vegas. Like it was almost like they opened up a window, like or dropped a curtain. You could see the Vegas and all behind, as as if it was how it looks right behind the Sphere, and. As the song's going, you see cranes everywhere and they're doing this time lapse of the deconstruction of all the hotels all the way back down to just an empty desert. It was fucking rad. It was so cool. I, it was so unexpected. And when you get to that point is when they start doing a couple of the Joshua Tree songs and then, which makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. But it, no, it was solid, dude. It was so fun. The crowd was fantastic. And Bono sounds sound really good and because i mean he has some days where he struggles through some of the songs and he can't hit the falsettos anymore he hit the sure i mean he's he's fucking 60 well yeah right and that album he has a lot of that gritty kind of you know um vocal delivery that he usually hadn't before but he moved around really well it's hard to believe that this dude almost died on his bicycle and was yeah i was gonna (laughs) say dude that bike accident holy shit yeah yeah 
Did he sing Lemon? Uh, no, here's the thing. There's a remixed version of Lemon as it kind of like rolls into the song, to, rolls into the show. And it's the same remix that they played the Zoo TV show. Sure. So you heard the same song that leads into Zoo, Tele, uh, Zoo, T, uh, Zoo Station, which is obviously the first song on the record and how they opened the show. But when we got home, when we got back to the room, I showed Joey a clip of how that show looked because the member, if you remember when zoo TV show was happening, the tour was happening. There's a pay-per-view for it from Sydney and that ended up coming out on DVD. So I showed him the clip of them, how they opened the show and how different it was between the two. And I said, that's what 30 years will do for you. <laughs> you can't, yeah, no doubt. You can't be 60 feet off of a stage. And I, I mean, here's the thing. I know he had to been wearing a harness, but I swear to God, I didn't see a harness on him when he was doing, when he's at Dodger stadium, but now it was a good show. It was, uh, again, it w- it represented the album well, a couple of tracks in you know in between the here's funny, not one song from the Unforgettable Fire because I just don't think he can sing him anymore. I don't think he can sing those songs. Oh yeah, probably not, man. No, I was gonna say it must be rough. the further you go back, the the, the tougher it is, man. I mean, I remember yeah. when I saw the Police, you know, and they had to restructure Roxanne, <laughs> right? And it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he handles some of the the highs, and there was one point where I was just like, I like I, I don't forget what song it was, but he, I go just grit it out. It was like from one of those late vocal a- accents. Oh, it was mysterious ways where you know he's doing this little vocal accents towards the end of the song. Yeah, and I'm like, and he just belted one out. I'm like, going, I just like screamed yes because it was like it was like I was happy they could do it because you know he wants to because that means that's got to be so hard for a performer to not be able to do things like they used to do and and um. Even though you can sit there and say, yeah, I look at myself in the mirror and I know I'm this old now, but also song choices. And if you've ever seen a U2 show, they're really big. Bono's really big in kind of, kind of controlling a crowd to get them to sing along. There's lots of sing-along songs. And I think that also affected the um, the set list. It was was having those songs that could help carry him if he struggled through through any of the, any of the tunes. But anyway, Saul, it was a good experience. Joey leather shit out of it. He he knows nothing about the band and the playlist that I made for him, which was basically the set list that that they've been performing. But you made it. You didn't like. He didn't. Did he listen to it before or after? He listened to it before because just so he was familiar with it. But oh. the, you can't. The way they Edge changed a whole bunch of the guitar parts on. Sure, because um, he can play now. <laughs> He's always been able to play. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm saying if you go back and listen to those early records and then you listen to the, he, he, I mean, he leaps and bounds from like boy in October to, you know, Octung Baby and beyond. The other thing about this, about the Octung Baby record is that was a bass drum record anyway, was Joshua Tree was all vocals and guitars. You know, it was always focused on the edge. Lots and, of jangly and, guitars, very much yeah. like the, yes, yeah, had like birds kind of sound to it. Yeah, like they had his whole Americana thing, which is why and they rattle and hum kind of carried that on a little bit. But no, Octong Baby being very, very bass and drum heavy. Speaking of drums, Larry Mullen Jr., who's the founder of the band, he's had surgery, so he hasn't been playing, and there's another drummer been filling in. And that dude tore up. And of course, Joey being a drummer, he just said, and I told him ahead of time, and said, the guy's filling in is, he's an incredible player, He's not, but he's not the original, he's not the guy, because the other guy had surgery, and he's like, oh, okay. So we came out of there and goes, that guy is so good. I'm like, he was pretty fucking great. Yeah. But it was solid all around. Oh, as I was saying, the edge had changed the guitar parts. And because it's such a bass 
originally the studio record and the tours originally was very bass and drum heavy. His guitar was so much louder in the mix and it really carried a lot of the songs too. And Adam Clayton is a fucking man. That dude can hold that that guy can play bass, dude. He's a, he's solid. And uh, anyway, bottom line is Joey had a great time. And I just been trying to create these little these little uh, you know, core memories for him. Cause I never went to see any move, you know, any shows with my dad. Last time my dad and I did anything when I was young was see follow me boys and closing counters in the at the drive-in. Yeah, I went to shows with my dad. I went to show most of them were like country shows, like Merle Haggard at Buck Owens. I saw all those kind of things with my dad. Willie Nelson, fucking see, that would that would have been incredible. That would have been I would have loved that even back then, just because oh I've been with my no, pop and it's it fucking awesome. I love seeing live music. When we used to go to Magic Mountain and had they had like cover bands and stuff there, like the house band would just do covers. I love, dude, I love, it's why I, it would inspire me to play. I want to start playing is like for real is to see somebody doing it in front of you is so different than just listening to records. Yeah. hundred you know? percent. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was a good time. I was just looking the last time I saw you two was June 21st, 1997 at the LA Coliseum on the pop yeah. tour. <laughs> Right, no songs from that, by the way. Too, you thought I thought staring at the sun would have been an easy yeah, one. Yeah, for especially. sure. Right, that seems like a slam right. dunk. Yeah, but I, I think it's, I think his vocals. I just, can't, I just think he can't pull yeah. it off. I was gonna say, I bet you he doesn't do. Be- I bet he doesn't do "Beautiful Day" or any of those kind of things. Like, oh no, "Beautiful Day" closed the show. Oh, so he was. Oh, yeah. dude, he sounded so fucking good. Okay, it was like it was like that's why I kept worrying. Uh, cause I, like I said, I saw the set list ahead of time because I made the playlist for Joe. And I was like, oh, fuck. I go, is he going to be able to hold off the whole two hours to get the beautiful day? Can he get there? Can he pull it off? He did. He was, it was great. Saving it. Yeah. Melody said at the end, she just goes, he sounded so, like halfway through the show, he goes, he sounds so good. I'm like, I know. I'm surprised too. Cause he's usually, I, I wasn't, I was suspecting he wasn't going to. Excellent. Everybody uh, get out there and go see you too, man. Is all, all the shows in Vegas or are they touring? No, no, it's it's strictly tied to it's the, all to, tied to the, to the right. It's, they're doing their residency, right? Not unlike Prince at the uh, Rio. When did Prince do the Rio? Uh, like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Really? Yeah, I, I think just remember so. him doing those twenty five shows at the Forum. That's all I remember. No, he was he was he was the house act at the Rio, I believe. Oh fuck me, I would have loved that. I I had no idea. So this was the our show was the last show for the year. And then they do some shows in late January, some in February, and the and the very 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 last one is like March second or something like that. And then April Fish comes in. <laughs> Can you imagine Damn. a fish show with that visuals? <laughs> oh my Damn, God, dude. dude, the place is gonna <sighs> be fucking nuts. Everyone's gonna be so fucking high, and it's not, it's gonna stink of patchouli and fucking weed. I was gonna say there's if there's a band I like less than Fish, I can't think of it <laughs> at the top of my head. I, I can't, and um, I can't either. It's funny, dude, because I, you know, when I was in North Carolina, my construction department, I, and I love my coordinator. The only thing every time I go there, they'd be playing Fish, and they're like, dude, and they were so into it, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> and I would ask, you know, I was, hey man, can you just turn the music down? Just, just turn no, no, just a little, just turn it off until we're done talking. <laughs> You know, and I always be like, I'd be like, no, I can't hear. You. Can you just turn the music down a little bit more? No, no, just yeah, turn it all the way down. Fine, it, it, I'll be, I'll be quick. Yeah, it's uh, not a fan, dude. Oh six, oh seven is when uh, Prince did the uh, oh, man. fucking residency there at the Rio. God damn it, that long ago. Holy smokes! 
That's crazy. Now, is that is that is it the same theater that Penn and Teller are at now? Yeah, 3121. Yeah. Yeah. I just sent it to you, the whole thing. Oh, shit, dude, I remember this. There's a whole ton of there's a whole ton of videos and shit. Because the, the, the theater was called 3121, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dude, I do remember this now. Yeah. Um, hey, so to switch directions, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to plug this book that I just fucking read in fucking two days. It's a direct sequel to Alien 3. It's called Bishop. It's oh, an yeah. Aliens, it's an Aliens direct novel, um, but it's uh, Aliens Bishop uh, by T.R. Knapper. But man, I read this fucking thing. I read half of it the first day I got it. And I read the rest of it the next day. <laughs> and uh, holy shit, man. It made me go back. I watched Aliens. And uh, I was last night I put on Aliens 3. You know, I probably should have watched the movies before I read it. <laughs> but that's not how my mind worked. But reading the book, you know, it's like just all these fucking memories and all this stuff keeps flooding through. But the book is great, man. Uh, it picks up literally uh, right after um, Alien 3. And, and we get the Colonial Marines, we get Apone's brother, we get uh, Michael Bishop. We, yeah, it's it's a really good read. I mean, it's 430-some pages, and I breezed through it, man. It's very well written. Um, and if you're like an alien, if, if aliens is your thing, uh, it's it's a really, really good and enjoyable read. You know, so I, I highly recommend it, you know, as far as... Uh, because, you know, it could have, they could go two ways. They, you know, you're either like, nah, man, if you're a fan of the movies, you're like, no, this isn't it. But this, I, I don't know, man, I enjoyed the shit out of it. And I'm pretty much that person who would be like, nope, if it wasn't good. <laughs> but I literally, I'm sure that in two sittings, all 438 pages, like literally, I was like, holy shit, where am I? 238, I'm just read 238 pages. I got to go outside. I got things to do. <laughs> But man, it was a, it was a quick and enjoyable read, and uh, I, I ordered it. It was just released, I think, last last, yeah, last Friday? Tuesday. Last, last Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I got it on Saturday. I opened it up on Monday and read it Monday and Tuesday. And yeah, I mean, you know, and I've been sort of going back through. I I dog eared a bunch of things like that I wanted to go back to after I watched Aliens. So now I'm almost I'm going to finish Aliens three tonight and probably go back through the book. But it, it's it's really fun read, man. Especially if you're if you know if you want to erase Alien Covenant and things like that from your mind, you could just pick this book up, go directly from Alien Three right into this book, and yeah, you're solid. There, and that's the thing that's been really cool. If you're not really if you're fans of the Alien series, but you just limit yourself to just the films, you should know. And not just this book. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of books. There's a novel with Vasquez. I have a, that. I have that one too. I, I bought yeah, that one that too. One's, that one's really good. <laughs> I have the Audible of that one. That one's solid. Yeah, th- a different author, but it's still really good. Yes. Um, you look at one of these and then on Amazon and they'll just recommend all the other ones to you. Including, yeah, exactly, um, man. Uh, Phalanx is, is is another one that I was I I have not listened to yet, but I'm going to. I have all these credits for Audible and I got to get to them. But I feel like they put out, I think 20th Century Publishing puts out like like one a year, something like that. Uh, the no, last they put out five, three this year. They put out three, three this year. Yeah, there's three that came out this year. From from this particular publisher, let me uh, Titan Books. So Titan Books put out three: one in March, one in the summer, and then this one at the end, toward the end of the year. 
Oh, they're like they're, they're equivalent of Star Trek. Like they were like, yeah, man, absolutely. Lots of Star Trek books. And again, if you're a fan of those things, yeah, you can be nerdy. But if you're into it, man, there's lots of stuff out there that is just expands the universe or deals directly with the universe that you're very familiar with. And I mean, really, some really good stuff. I've I, again, I've only as, as far as the the books we're talking about, I'm aware of all of them. I just haven't gotten into anything other than Vasquez, which I got last year, and listened to it. Yeah, there's some really good stuff out there, and if you're into any uh, into the that type of story or aliens in general, and you just or you've never expanded, uh, like you said, <laughs> if you want a mind eraser, yeah, look, man, you want to just pretend that those other things didn't happen. Even resur- I don't know how people feel about resurrection. I mean, I don't dislike it, but I know a lot of people don't like it. But this one literally picks up right after the third one, and it it ties into yeah. two, it ties into aliens and Alien Three. All your, your characters, that, you know. You get story. So if you're familiar with, you know, those two, this one just, you know, picks up and rolls right into it. This could have been, this could have been what resurrection should have been. I mean, for some right. people. Right. I mean, resurrection has its moments. I mean, it, it it's overall, it's kind of, eh, but uh, yeah, the, but the underwater kitchen scene may be top three alien franchise moments. It's so yeah, there's good moments good. in it for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the basketball scene with Ripley and uh, Ron Perlman isn't one of them. But, no, I mean, uh, but but there are some great moments in the movie, and uh, you know, Michael Wincott's in it. And, I mean, it's got a fun cast. Dan, Dan Hedaya, dude, he goes oh, okay. So this is my this is one of my biggest beefs I've have I have with that movie. Wincott goes way too fast, way too fast. Oh yeah. How did you know get this movie? What did he do? Just delicatessen? I mean, what else did he do? Oh, City of Lost Children. Children? Yeah, Yeah. that's what Mm -hmm. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he rebounded nicely with Amelie, so that's the... The movie looks amazing. I mean, it It looks amazing. It's beautifully art directed. I mean, it's cool. It's just probably... And I'm going to say this. I don't hate it. Um, No, I don't hate it either. I've seen it the least. Although I have seen it more than I've seen Covenant or Prometheus. I think good for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've seen I've seen Covenant once, and I saw Prometheus a couple times because I kept trying to trying to figure trying it to out. Like it. I kept trying, trying to want. To, I mean, I want to like way. it. There's there's things in it that confuse the shit out of me. But you know, yeah, I know. Anyway, All right, Bishop Bishop is a good read, man. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was real fun. I mean, it, uh, that's the thing. The, mo- the the best thing I can say about a book is when I read it and when I when I enjoy it and it's fun to read. I didn't want to put it down, and and this book I did not want to put down. Right. And uh, I won't give anything away, but if you're looking for something, put on your Christmas list. You know, you won't be sorry if you like books. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you want to watch Resurrection again to see if it's still disappointing, it's on Hulu. Yeah. The Alien 3 is on Hulu. I think Alien 3 oh, and man, Resurrection are on Hulu. And then Aliens is on Prime or on Max. And I'm not sure. I think the I think the first one is I feel like it's only on MGM Plus or something crazy. Yeah, they just added a Ash versus Evil Dead, the whole all four uh seasons to mm-hmm. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Um I'm looking at a program. I'm double checking Alien right now. First one, Resurrection. Aliens through Max, HVP, and Alien 3. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, Resurrection. Like, like the first one. is Oh, the first one's on Hulu. 
All right. That's why I said, yeah. First, the first one, but not the director's cut. <laughs> not that. Uh, not the re. Yeah. Thank God. Um, look again. Uh, <laughs> like, gonna have just, a really Scott conversation about director cuts. No, just like Blade Runner. I. I, I no, prefer that's what I mean, the because we just because we just talked about that. Yeah. We just, I mean, yeah. just give me the original one I saw when yeah. I was nine. That scared the living shit out of me. I mean, I won't even. Here's the thing. I'm so ingrained into like the first one. I, I won't even notice. I mean, unless it's like some egregious things, but I've never liked, again, even aliens. I'm not a fan of the director's cut. I just want the original theatrical version of the I aliens. Love it. I love it. I don't need all that stupid. I don't need to see Newt's family and any of that bullshit that they added to the, to, to the director's cut. I think it's a good Maybe setup. It's fine the way it is. Or was. I'm not saying it's not fine the way it is. I just think it expands it. I I, I think it's better than. No, I shouldn't say that. There's there's not everything that gets added back in needs to be there, or, right. or I think adds anything to it. Um, it's at least it's not as egregious as the T2 add-ons. The T2 add-ons are a little are too much, except for the one where they're when they're pulling the chip out of is his head. Is it the one where they're where they're eating ice cream? John Connor and the Terminator. <laughs> At the mall. <laughs> oh, that one too. Before they get on the motorcycles. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, old Sherman Oaks Galleria. Ba-boom. How many movies did he do there? That and Commando. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We will see the, what else? The Chopping Mall was there too, right? Yep. Valley yeah. Girl. And Ridgemont High. Ridgemont High. Yeah. I saw a lot of stuff there. What, something else too I saw recently. Uh... Was it? No, it wasn't Night of the Comet. There was something I saw there recently that was, uh, I was like, wow, I didn't realize they had shot that there. But anyway. And Night of the Comet's all mostly downtown, isn't it? Yeah, except for that mall. I don't know where that mall oh, is. Oh, right. Yeah, I don't know where the mall is. I'll ask Kelly Maroney. I'll ask her on, on Twitter and she'll tell us. Yeah, she's totally. She's cool. Kelly. She's cool like that. Yeah. I posted some weird picture of a star and someone said, hey, it's like Night of the Comet. And then she replied, no, it's not. <laughs> or, or something. It was pretty funny. She's cool. She's very interactive. She enjoys talking to people and stuff. So she's in Chopping Mall too, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, because then because Barbara's in it. Chopping Mall is like Die Hard with the murderous robot. <laughs> I need to watch. It's on Tubi. On Tubi. Oh, yeah. it's on Peacock too. Good. I'd rather watch it on Peacock. Oh, you know what, dude? Actually, you know what? It being on Tubi, it might play better with the commercials. It's on Pluto too. Yeah. It's on Pluto. And Freebie. <laughs> and Crackle. It's, it's on Prime. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> and it's directed by Jim Wynarski, who uh, directed uh, at least one movie that we talked about earlier this year called The Lost Empire. Yep. Doing. Oh, dude, he's got a new movie coming out called Killbots. Yeah. It's on Tubi. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Go, Jim. All right. There you go. So this is our next to last one. Um, just a shoot. We have one more movie episode. It's out this week for fail franchises. It'll be out Wednesday for Patreon and Friday for general public. Um, we will not have a new movie episode next week, but we'll have an extra large year in kickstart out on Monday. So there you go. And uh, we got a fun one planned for January. January. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun, that's going to be fun. So if you want to follow the show on the, the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. On Letterboxd, you follow Corey at Corey underscore Culp, and on Insta at Culper97. And if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com slash Karate Pod. 
If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll at 33 on your Instagram, or you can follow me at Marshall Will and Holly at letterboxd.com. <laughs> That's Marshall Will and Holly letterboxd.com. 